weird, wild, and frankly, wacky week for the Republicans in Congress. And on Tuesday, former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was actually hit with an ethics complaint by Republican Congressman Matt Gates after Kevin McCarthy allegedly sucker punched Republican Congressman Tim Burkett. Now, here's what happened. And I love every bit of this story. <laughs> Burkett was being interviewed by a reporter from NPR in the halls of Congress. Kevin McCarthy comes walking by and according to the reporter, elbowed Burkett right in the kidney. At that point, Kevin McCarthy started going a little bit faster down the hall, at which point Burkett literally had to chase after him <laughs> saying, Hey, Kevin, why'd you walk behind me and elbow me in the back? You got no guts. You did. So the reporter said it right there. What kind of chicken move is that? Burkett then replied or, or, or then added that McCarthy was of course being childish and was a jerk. So even though he was not involved in any way in this altercation, Matt Gates is the one who filed the ethics complaint and of course added that he too has been a, a victim in all of this. Like you weren't even there. You didn't even witness it, but somehow Matt Gates is of course the big victim in all of this. Here is what Gates's complaint to the ethics committee says. This assault and for the love of God, folks, can we stop describing every single encounter with another human being as an assault? Like that really is a pet peeve of mine. And I know I'm getting off topic, but I swear to God, like every, like somebody throws a drink in somebody's face, like oh, that's assault. Come on, calm down with calling everything an assault. It drives me up the fricking wall. This assault was witnessed by numerous people, including Claudia Griselis of NPR, who was interviewing Representative Burkhead at the time. Representative Burkhead has described the attack as a, quote, sucker punch and, quote, a clean shot to the kidney. He's lucky to be alive, I guess. Needless to say, this incident deserves immediate and swift investigation by the Ethics Committee. I myself have been a victim of outrageous conduct on the House floor as well, but nothing like an open and public assault on a member committed by another member. The rot starts at the top. I request the House Committee on Ethics to proceed immediately with an investigation into the facts of today's incident, including interviewing under oath the alleged assailant and assailee and any witnesses. <laughs> I would love to know what Matt Gates thinks his victim of uh, victimhood is a result of like go into a little more depth on that, Matt, like, come on, make this all about you, right? You weren't there. You weren't involved. You were neither the assailee or the assailant. You weren't a witness. So how is it all about you? Why are you even the one doing the ethics complaint? If Burkett thought it was really that big of a deal, he probably would have done it himself. Instead, he decided to chase McCarthy through the halls, yelling at him, which, I mean, honestly, look, can't blame him for that. But it's important to remember <laughs> that while this was taking place, we also had a Senate hearing where Republican Senator Mark Wayne Mullen uh, was threatening to fistfight Teamsters leader Sean O'Brien. And of course... We also had a house hearing that was going off the rails where James Comer was screaming 
at a Democrat, uh, uh, Jared Moskowitz, calling him a smurf. Like all of these things happening together in this very weird childish Congress that we have being run by Republican children. That's what we have, folks. We have a bunch of man-childs or man-children. I don't know what the actual plural of that would be. But these emotionally immature white men running the show, and clearly they don't know how to handle it. For the first time ever this week, folks, Donald Trump's Trump Media and Technology Group, TMTG, which owns, of course, Truth Social, released their financial statements, and it is even worse than anybody could have imagined. After, you know, deducting liabilities and assets and all that, Trump Media and Technology Group has lost more than $60 million since its inception. Now, every now and then, you know, each year it's made between two and $3 million in revenue, but it's still hemorrhaging 10 times that amount every single year. And according to their statement of, you know, financial stability, they may not have enough money to continue operating. The financial statement says that earlier this year, of course, Truth Social, not Truth Social, but Trump Media and Technology was actually forced to cut a bunch of staffers, which then in turn means that they had to cancel their planned conservative programming streaming service which of course brings the value of the company down even lower. When Trump Media and Technology Group was first, you know, the target of the merger with Digital World Acquisition, and I'll get more to that in a minute, but when they were first targeted as the acquisition target, the company was valued at $875 million for some reason. According to the latest financial statements, Donald Trump's controlling share of the company is now worth anywhere between five and 25 million. It's worth between five and 25 million. Two years ago, it was $875 million. But now suddenly it's actually worth a lot less. Gee, it's almost like Donald Trump overinflated the value of something that he owns. I mean, is that something Donald Trump would do? Hmm. I don't know. Maybe we should have a trial over it. But Yes, actually, that does appear to be what happened. Maybe Trump himself didn't do it. Perhaps digital world acquisition overvalued the company in an attempt to get more people to invest into their SPAC so they could acquire it. Who knows? We do, of course, you know, we've had the SEC investigation. I do not know the results of that, but I do know that this is what Trump Media and Technology Group had to say in their financial statement. And this is terrifying for the company. As of June 30th, 2023 and December 31st, 2022, management has substantial doubt that TMTG will have sufficient funds to meet its liabilities as they fall due, including liabilities related to promissory notes previously issued by TMTG. TMTG believes that it may be difficult to raise additional funds through traditional financing sources in the absence of material progress toward completing its merger with digital world. In other words, we ain't got no money. We got bills coming due. We can't pay our bills. And 
I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, Donald Trump's in a little bit of trouble up there in New York. So it's probably going to be difficult for us to raise funds through the traditional way, which of course is getting a loan from a bank. I, I don't know of any bank in the country that would lend money to a man who's currently on trial for scamming banks in order to get them to lend him money. So <laughs> they didn't want to say that in the financial statement, but that is effectively what they're saying in the financial statement. Like, yeah, uh, probably can't go to the banks right now. <laughs> not, not exactly the best time for that. So if this merger with digital world acquisition does not go through, they also say that, uh, basically we're done. Digital world back in September gave themselves another 12 months to, you know, try to finalize it and, and make the merger happen. But I don't think in the end, the merger will end up happening. This is the second time they've had to give themselves another year. And this time is different because in this current time frame, where they have until September of 2024 to decide whether or not the merger is going to go through by then Donald Trump could be a convicted felon. And if Donald Trump is a convicted felon, then the entire appeal of Trump media and technology group, specifically truth social, because that's the only part of it. That's actually a real thing right now. Uh, the value of that drops essentially to zero. The only value that Trump media and technology has is that it's Donald Trump. So you take him out of the equation, the value of everything effectively drops to zero, not necessarily in dollar values, but in terms of worth to the people that would be using the services, it becomes a useless product. And I seriously doubt the investors in the digital world would be interested in buying a product for about a billion dollars that actually has zero dollars worth of value. You know, sometimes Marjorie Taylor Greene actually surprises me. And this week during an interview with Charlie Kirk, Marjorie Taylor Greene came like so close to actually understanding the fact that the Republican party has become so insane that even Republican voters across the country don't want to vote for them. Now I'm going to read you Marjorie Taylor Greene's quote in just a second. And remember, like I said, she, she came close to getting it. Like she understands the problem. She just doesn't know what caused the problem or she refuses to admit the problem. So here is what she had to tell Charlie Kirk. We're literally losing our country and our children's future. Well, that's not true. And I believe that we should be standing up with everything we have in Congress fighting the Biden administration because our own voters don't even want to vote for Republicans in Congress anymore. She then said that, you know, oh, I still stand with Donald Trump. He's definitely the leader of the party. But then she said, but they are done with Republicans in Congress. You know, we have to fight harder. We have to earn their trust and show them that we will stop the communist Democrat party from destroying our country. Now she says a little more and I'll read that in a moment, but let's, let's take stock of what she said here. Republican voters don't even want to vote for the Republicans in Congress. I think last week's elections kind of showed that, you know, wholeheartedly. I think last year's midterm elections showed that. Let's not forget Republicans were predicting that they were going to flip 60 to 70 seats in the midterms. Instead, they ended up with a 10 seat advantage, which is probably going to drop down to a nine seat advantage uh, if George Santos gets expelled. So they underperformed. 
They've underperformed in every special election since last year's midterm election. And of course, as I mentioned in last week's elections for this year, Republicans are getting trounced. You know, the polls are saying the Democrats are in trouble. Well, the results are telling us the Republicans are the ones in trouble. And that's what Marjorie Taylor Greene is pointing out. She's like, we're getting our butts kicked. But she thinks, and this is of course where she doesn't understand the cause of the Republican party's problems. She thinks the problem is that they're not pushing back on the Democrats who, as she says, are literally destroying the country. How? How Marge? Like that's the thing your party never actually goes into. Okay. You never actually explain how the policies of the democratic party, the laws that they have passed, you've never been able to actually explain how they're destroying the country. Cause Biden didn't pass a law that made inflation bad. And in fact, by the way, inflation is going way, way, way down. Um, he hasn't passed a law saying just open up the Southern border. The Southern border is not open. That is a Republican talking point. So what has he done? Like, what has he literally done? What decision has he made that has put America in chaos? Because I don't know of any. I mean, I'm not even president of the Biden fan club, trust me, but destroying America that ain't happening. And that's what the Republican voters out there understand. Meanwhile, your party is out there talking about cutting social security, cutting Medicare, cutting Medicaid, cutting food stamps, cutting school lunches, vowing to introduce more pollution into the environment. That is literally a part of Donald Trump's new platform polluting more, you're banning books, you're banning certain human beings out of existence, members of the LGBTQ community. Your party is a party of regression and hate led by a man who this week has been borrowing rhetoric from Adolf Hitler. But no, yeah, your, your problem is that you're not pushing back hard enough on the Democrats, right? Now she did continue. And this just shows kind of how dumb she can be. I think one of my biggest frustrations, Charlie, is before I came to became a member of Congress, it was easy for me to say, you know, when I'm in Congress, I'll do this X, Y, and Z. And then when I got here, I found out that just being able to do those things is a lot harder than saying it on the campaign trail. And that's been shocking to me. You, you didn't know you were going to have to work. Like you thought you just get into Congress and they hand you a magic wand. Like you're walking into Hogwarts and you're like, hell yeah, uh, new legislation. No, you have to do the work and you haven't even done the work, Marge. Like, like I thought this would be easier. The only thing you've worked on is, is articles of impeachment based on zero crimes, articles of impeachment against president Biden, which you introduced like within his first week in office articles of impeachment that failed this week against Homeland Security Secretary uh, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, you're not actually doing work to benefit anybody in your district. So you want to talk about Republicans not wanting to vote for Republicans because we don't do anything. You may want to be saying that in front of the mirror because you were the poster child of doing absolutely nothing of value in Congress. This week, Donald Trump came just about as close as ever to straight up inciting his cult-like followers 
into doing something horrific to either New York Attorney General Letitia James or Judge Arthur Ingeron, who is overseeing the fraud trial that Donald Trump is currently sitting through in New York. Here is what happened. Donald Trump got on Truth Social this week, and here is what he said. It's a long one, so bear with me. I am the victim of a corrupt legal system that is being used by those surrounding crooked Joe Biden with his full knowledge and consent to hurt, demean, and damage his political opponent, me. A terrible precedent is being set, but so far, despite the vulgarity and viciousness of it all, it has driven my poll numbers to record numbers. You see, the American people are much smarter than Crooked Joe. They see what is going on with a corrupt and racist New York AG and a Trump-hating puppet judge willing to do her dirty work, even as it takes him and his reputations to new levels of low. They fully understand the Obama-appointed radical left D.C. federal judge who refused to recuse fully gagged me and set a trial date the day before Super Tuesday, the biggest and most powerful day in the primaries. They get the fact that A.G. Garland and his boss, Lisa Monaco, sent their top DOJ lawyer to Manhattan to run the district attorney's case on me and much more. But we will win. Now, that's just typical Donald Trump ranting, right? There's nothing necessarily inciting in that. Of course, he does level these ridiculous attacks that are completely based in his own delusional fantasies and the alternate realities created in his head. Um, but that's not out of the realm of things Donald Trump always does. It was afterwards, after he posted that and his followers on Truth Social started adding their comments and the replies. And that's when this happened. You had one user that was reposted by Trump that said, these prosecutions are all about election interference. So Donald Trump reshared that to his millions of followers. And then there was another comment. And this is the one that experts are out there saying today is, is almost about as clear as an incitement as you can get. This user posted and Trump reposted my fantasy I would like to see Letitia James and Judge Ingeron placed under citizen's arrest for blatant election interference and harassment. Citizen's arrest, of course, right? So that would mean a citizen, a Trump supporter, Trump follower, would have to approach these individuals, physically restrain them, and perform a citizen's arrest that none of them actually know how to do. Um, for crimes that they have made up in their own heads. That's what we're talking about. That is what we're looking at. And Donald Trump reposted it to millions of people, this fantasy about performing a citizen's arrest on either Letitia James, Judge Ingeron, or possibly both of them. That puts these people, both of them, Ingeron and James, in harm's way. Because we know from Jonathan Carl's new book out this week, according to Carl, Trump told him one time that he hopes, he hopes his followers take his words as calls to action. He hopes that that happens. And that's what we're seeing right here. It is beyond time for all of the judges overseeing any Trump trial. It needs to be a hundred percent gag order, not a partial gag order. Not, okay, you can't talk about these three people here, but you can talk about anybody else. Uh Uh-uh. You have the authority. You have the legal authority to shut him down for good without violating his freedom of speech, without interfering with his campaign, because he can still go out there and campaign and actually talk about his policies, right? 
That's what a campaign's supposed to be. Somebody's going to end up getting hurt because of Donald Trump doing this. And I don't want to have to sit here and do an I told you so video. That is one of my biggest fears. The judges need to act and they need to stop this immediately. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.